0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you we'd love to serve you so make plans to join us but right now i hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today come on sometimes you just need to be grateful and sometimes this uh, this is what this is not the message but um good night i'm sweating like a sinner in church right now whoo Give me a, yeah, give me one of those rags. I'm going to preach with a rag now. Y'all aren't even ready. I need, yeah, give me a rag from the kitchen. I'm ready to go. It's Pentecost Sunday, guys. And uh, we didn't plan this. We're talking about getting filled with the Holy Ghost today. So I am like, my word. But sometimes you just have to choose to be grateful. Uh, and sometimes that's a hard decision to make. But if you look at the Psalms, especially the ones David wrote, he would command his soul. He said, hey, there's one that says, why are you downcast, my soul? Like, why are you like, come on, I need to get this thing together. And the Bible tells us that we actually get into God's presence through gratefulness, through thankfulness. The Bible says we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And so, man, some of you, you might feel far from God today, but I want to tell you, man, start with thankfulness and start with praise and you'll get into his presence. That's what, that's what the word tells us. Come on. Are we ready to go today? Come on. If you're ready, say I'm ready. There we go. Someone's clapping. There we go. Wait till I get that towel now. You ain't even ready. Hey, uh, like Stephanie said earlier, my name is Clint, and uh, what happens when you start a church and it's Memorial Day is uh, you don't get to go out of town, but everyone else gets to go out of town. So that's why Harrison's on vacation. He does such a great job. He deserves some time off, um, and uh, all everyone else that knows how to do music at this church is gone, so, except for me. So I'm here, so I'm sorry that you get to see, look at that's red and everything. Oh, I need this for an illustration. Thank you, baby. Oh. I don't even know. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm now this preacher. I am. I just made a decision. So I'm sorry uh, y'all get to see so much of me today, but this is what you got to do when you are a church plant. You just got to get it done. Uh, But I'm so excited you're here. I want to take a second here at the beginning and just honor all those that have given their lives uh, for our country. And uh, I know... um, we can sit and, and be somber about it. And I think there's a place for that, but I just want to, no one's in here. I, you might have a loved one that's passed away that served in our military, but I just want to take a second. I want you to give them a hand. Come on. For the people that do that, that is in, incredible. Here you go, babe. I'm just giving you everything. You just, oh my word, my AirPods just exploded. We'll be taking up an offering for those later. Um, All right. Hey, we've been in a series for three. You got them. Okay. Thank you. They don't work anymore. And I think I know why now, uh, that's happened quite a bit. Uh, Hey, we've been in a series for, uh, this is our last week. This is week four in a series called the Holy Spirit. Y'all say Holy Spirit. Come on. Y'all say Holy Ghost. There we go. Look, that rag making me say the Holy Ghost. Uh, and uh, man, it's been a lot of fun. And I hope that when you've watched this and if you've come, uh, that you've, got, you've learned some things about the Holy Spirit. I pray that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is better than it's ever been. And today we're going to wrap it all up. Uh, but man, we, we, this kind of verse has been the foundation of this series. And it's found in Acts chapter 19. And it deals with the problem at the very beginning of the church, and it's a problem that we still face today. Here's the verse; it says it right here, Acts chapter nineteen, I believe it's verse one. It says this: While Apollos in Corinth, uh, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, and he arrived at Ephesus. And at Ephesus, he found some disciples, and he asked them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" And they answered, "No." we haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit, right? Like, uh, that we still find ourselves a little bit confused about the Holy Spirit, just like it was in the early days of the church. And uh, so what we wanted to do in this series is we wanted to just demystify, de-spookify the whole thing around the Holy Spirit. Because if I asked every person in here uh, what their view on was a whole, of the Holy Spirit, what your experience was with the Holy Spirit, you would probably, everyone of you would even give me some different answers. And so we've gone to the Bible and we're teaching you what the Holy Spirit is. Is and what these words mean that we are scared of sometimes at church. And so, if you haven't uh, got to be here for the weeks, you can go back, you can watch on our website or YouTube channel on our app. Speaking of the app, uh, you have fill in notes on the app. Come on, Matt's already got it. If you open up the app right now, the bottom tab right in the middle, it says notes, and you can find notes for this message in there. And if you're like, y'all have an app, yeah, we do. Search oasistn.church, wherever you get your apps and you should be able to find us and you can do that while I'm talking, all right? So in week one, we talked about the Holy Spirit's name and we talked about how spirit's not really a good word for what the original language had in mind. We learned that the real words used in the original language that the Bible was written in, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, it was an idea of breath, of wind. Y'all remember I had the air cannon? Y'all remember that, that we were in here and I shot Janet in the face back there with the air cannon? I'm so sorry, Janet, uh, but it was awesome, wasn't it? I mean, my gosh, it was cool. I don't know where that went, where I would have it out right now. But it, it, we learned that the Holy Holy Spirit has movement, has life to it. We learn that the Holy Spirit is really a breath of fresh air. And it, and when God breathes his spirit into something, it gives it life. It gives it movement. All right. Week two, we talked about how Jesus fulfilled the major holidays in the Jewish calendar. Uh, we talked about the idea of Pentecost. What is, everyone's afraid of, of the word Pentecost, right? Like, oh, that's a Pentecostal church. And, and you get all nervous and you, you get scared, but really Pentecost only means 50. It's not that scary. It was a holiday that took place 50 days after Easter, which would actually be today, um, in real life, like this is what Pentecost Sunday would be. And it's on that day that Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit and that the church really started. And Jesus was the fulfillment of that. So we talked about that. Week three, last week, Pastor Steph brought a great word. Come on, give her a hand. That was so good. I actually, listened to it yesterday for the first time because I bounced. I was gone all last week. So uh, it was a great message on the idea of what does it mean to be Charismatic. We think that charismatic people are crazy people that lift their hands up and dance and have tambourines at church and, and all that stuff. And all that stuff is great. I, you know, As lively as worship can be, I'll take it. But uh, charismatic doesn't mean that. Charismatic actually means grace gift. And so when you become a believer and, and the Holy Spirit is with you, God graces you with gifts that are supernatural. They're not from you, they're from God. And uh, and God gives those to you so that you can make a difference. And in fact, shameless plug, Growth Track is all about teaching you, not only about our church, but about how God has given you your grace gift and how you can use that to make a difference. And you need to come to Growth Track. If you're already in the app right now, just sign up right there. And uh, we have childcare, food, all that stuff. You can sign up in the app right there. Um, So you can do that. All right. So today uh, we're going to talk about another thing, another word that we hear, another word that gets thrown around, another word that has a lot of different meanings depending on who you ask. But we're going to go to the Bible and we're going to see this. And that's the word baptism. All right. So baptism, you can write this in your notes. It means to be immersed in. Y'all say immersed. immersed. Come on, say immersed. To be immersed in. That's what baptism means. It doesn't just mean uh, that we just dunk somebody in water in our feeding trough. No. Uh, It means to be immersed in. It's it's something a little bit more than what we just talk about when we talk about water baptism. And Actually, we have some video. You can throw that up, Sam. We got some video of the baptisms. That's my little girl right there. Come on. That's so exciting. We got Ryan coming up, and we we baptize people. And notice as much as we can, all right, Uh, Lucy's easy to baptize. We we get you underwater. We immerse you, baby. Ryan's hair is not baptized. <laughs> we need to redo it. Might need to sprinkle them. Uh, and, uh, and Ryan's little girl got baptized as well. And we baptize people. We immerse people. We're going to talk about that in a second, but the Bible actually teaches us. And this might be the first time you've ever heard this teaching. And I just want you to know, I remember the first time I heard a teaching like this, and it kind of rocked me. So I want to be sensitive to that a little bit, but you might not know this. The Bible actually talks about three different types of baptism that are available to you as a person, all right? Uh, There's three different types of baptism. We're going to tackle all three of those today, and we're going to talk about how, what that means for you, all right? And so the first baptism that I want to talk about, are the three baptisms, is being baptized into the body of Christ, all right? Being baptized into the body of Christ. All right. That is your salvation moment. Okay. Being baptized into the body of Christ is your salvation moment. All right. When you get saved, uh, the salvation experience, listen to me, it's not a religion. It's not the day that you decide that you're going to start coming to church more. uh, It's not even an intellectual belief in God or in Jesus. Being baptized into the body of Christ is the moment that you become immersed into Christ. You become immersed into the body of Christ. And it's not a part time thing. It's not a thing that you do when you feel like it. When you immerse yourself into the body of Christ, when you immerse yourself into salvation, it's an all in thing. It's impossible to be immersed. And some of your body not be wet. You know what I'm saying? That's the definition of immerse is that you get it all wet. It's like jumping into the ocean, into the deep part of the ocean, right? Like you're immersed in water. That's the, the thing about salvation. It's an all-in thing. It's not a part-time thing. It's an all-in thing. We are immersed into Jesus, into the body of Christ, into a relationship, not only with Jesus, but also to his church, into, into the big C church, not just Oasis church, but you're immersed into God's body on earth, which is the church. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 13. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. That word body, it's referring to a family of believers. It's referring to the church. And so when you get baptized into salvation, you get baptized into the greater body of Christ. It doesn't mean that you go to one church for the rest of your life, but you're baptized into the big capital C church, the big church. Look at what it says in Galatians. It says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you, We're, what's it say? Baptized into Christ. You were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. The Christian life is not about you participating when you feel like it it's about having a relationship with Jesus, getting immersed into Jesus, man, letting him overtake your life. It's an all in thing. And when you do that, God actually clothes you with something new and you begin to look different. You begin to act different. You begin to see things differently. You begin to create new habits. Why? Because you've been immersed into Jesus. You know, uh, the, the disciples actually had to have this experience. And we don't talk about this a whole lot in the church, but the disciples had to go through a salvation moment. When Jesus died, he paid for our sins. He was buried three days later on Easter. He rose from the grave. And then there was a 40 day period after he uh, rose from the grave where he was popping through walls and appearing to people. We're going to talk about that in a second. And, and he was, his body was different. His body conquered death. And so his body didn't have to obey the laws of physics like ours do. It was very different. He had a, what we call a glorified body. And so he was appearing to people. He was appearing to his disciples and they'd be in a room like this and all of a sudden, boom, Jesus would show up and they'd be like, whoa. And Jesus would have to say, hey, peace be with you. All right. Cause you, he'd have to say that to you too. If he popped in this room right now, you'd be a little afraid, right? And actually it says this in John chapter 20, this is during that 40 day period. Okay. It says this on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, listen to this, this, how John notes this with the doors locked, for fear of the Jewish leaders. Ain't, no way of, ain't nobody getting in this room, okay? Jesus came and stood among them and said, what did he say? Peace. peace be with you. I know this is freaking out. I know I just appeared in this room. Hey, be chill. All right, it's all good. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, hey, peace be with you. He said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he, what's that word? He breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Remember what we said about what the name Spirit really means. It's a breath. Jesus breathed on them. He said, hey, receive the Holy Spirit. At that moment, the disciples were saved, all right? But Pastor Clint, they spent three years with Jesus. You tell me they weren't saved before that? I am. Because Jesus hadn't died on the cross. He hadn't paid for their sins. He hadn't come back to life. And this was the moment that they received Jesus as their savior. They were baptized into the body right there. And, uh, and I want to just stop right here and I want to give a little time out because the moment you receive Jesus, all right, I want to I be clear. The moment you receive Jesus and you immerse yourself into Jesus, you, you experience that first baptism, you do receive the Holy Spirit in that moment. It says that in that verse, he breathed on them, they were saved and they received the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit had not, they had not been immersed. So I want you to understand that you receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. You just haven't been immersed in the Holy Spirit. You have it in you, but I'll show you the difference of that in a second. Now, I wanna show you another detail that Luke gives us of the same story. So here's how the gospels work. If you're new to the Bible, if you're new to church, Um, the first four books of the Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are people that all tell the story of Jesus' life from their perspective. And so it would be like if I were talking right now and I put one person in each corner of this room and I told you just to write everything you see. Now, every one of your stories would probably share the same story, but you would all have different details. Some of you would note the the color shirt I was wearing or that he keeps moving his mic lower and lower and has to bring it back up. Or he they would notice, man, the lights are kind of in my eyes. Yeah. But you would all... Write kind of the same thing from your perspective. That's how the Gospels work. And so we see the same story in all four Gospels and they have different perspectives, different details that we can pull out. Here's Luke's account of the same story that we just read. Luke chapter 24, verse 36, it says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, what did he say? That stuck with him. Listen, it freaked him out so much that he was like, he had to calm us down whenever that happened, right? He he calmed us down. Now, we're going to jump to to verse 49. It says this. Jesus is talking. He says, for I am going to. Y'all say going to. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The reason I want to show you that verse is because even though we can see in the previous passage, right, that they received the Holy Spirit, they hadn't been immersed in the Holy Spirit. They haven't been baptized in the Spirit yet. That was coming later. And uh, notice how that line is talking about something that's going to happen in the future. He says, I'm going to send this thing and when he comes, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So they, they hey, wait in Jerusalem. It's coming. Just chill out. Wait in here. Okay? He gave him instructions. Now, I want to show you one more place in the book of Acts that's the same story. Alright? So we got the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell about Jesus' life. Acts talks about the outpouring of Holy Spirit and the way the church started. And so the beginning of Acts is the end of Jesus' time on earth. And so this is the same story that we've just read the two different passages on just in Acts. It says this, Acts chapter one, starting in verse three. After his suffering, Jesus is what they're talking about, presented himself to them and he gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. So he would come and he would show them his hands, they could see the scars in his hands and his feet, they could see the scar in his side from where they pierced him with a spear, and he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He says, "Don't leave Jerusalem, But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, that's the salvation experience. We'll get to that in a second, okay? But in a few days, you will be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be immersed with the Holy Spirit. So hang on to that for a second. We're going to come back to that. But I'm showing you all of this to show you that when you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. You just haven't been immersed in the Spirit. So that's the first baptism. The first baptism is baptism into Christ. That's your salvation experience. That experience stands all on its own. The second baptism we find in Scripture is water baptism. Water baptism. Now, this is what we just saw a video of. We experienced out here a few weeks ago. That's water baptism. And water baptism is a completely separate experience than your salvation experience. So that means you don't have to be water baptized in order to receive salvation. It's not how it works. But why? Well, it's because the, the salvation experience is free. You don't have to do anything for it. You can't do anything for it, to be honest with you. But, no, be quiet, Siri. You, you can't do anything for it. Uh, it stands on its own. It's something that, that only Jesus can do for you is salvation. So if you had any control over your salvation, that would be against what the Bible would teach us. Because salvation is its own separate experience. Water baptism is a new baptism and it is an experience that Jesus wants you to do. But it's not essential to going to heaven. All right. So salvation, it's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's completely free. And the reason I want to point that out is because some people do teach uh, that, that you have to be baptized to go to heaven. Some people even teach that what the person says when they baptize you matters. And if they mess that up, you get to the gates of heaven and they're like, ah, Pastor Clint said the wrong thing. So, so sorry. You know, like, yeah can't let you in, you know, like, can you, like, that's just not how it works. That's not what the Bible teaches. And, uh, and that's not what we believe here at all. Baptism is a separate experience, non-essential to salvation because salvation stands on its own. We actually have 27 accounts in the new Testament of someone getting saved in one experience and then immediately getting baptized, uh, right after and so there's, this is one of those right here. It's Acts chapter 2. This is after Peter preached the message of his priest, the paint off the walls, man. 3,000 people came to know Jesus that day. Insane. And it says those who accepted this message, those who were baptized into the body of Christ, first baptism, were then water baptized that happened right after. Why? It's because uh, some of you, you've been baptized into Jesus, but you haven't taken this step in to get water baptized. What does that mean to be water baptized? Well, it, it means that salvation is a private decision. You can do that right in your seat. No one has to know about it, but it's a private decision that needs to be made public. People need to know the, the change that Jesus has made in your life on the inside and privately. And so baptism is a picture of what Jesus has done for you. Man, when we get baptized, it's like a dead person getting buried and a new person coming out. It's just a picture of what Jesus has done for you. And it's something that Jesus wants you to do to go public with your faith. Uh, It's just like um, I can go get married to Stephanie, which we are married, just for the record. If we weren't married, we could go get married and, and go to a courthouse. No one would ever know. But what did we do? We threw a big old wedding. Byron paid for it. Thank you, sir. And i uh, <laughs> <a> joking. <jacket. laughs> and uh, it was awesome. Now we had a, we had a big wedding. We celebrated. We had a ceremony. We even wear these rings. Why? Because we wanted to go public with that decision that we had made to get married. Man, I want I want people I want people to know about this. I, can, I landed a beautiful woman. Can you believe this? And she's not blind. She can see me. <laughs> Of course I want to to show that, like, man, this is amazing. And that's what water baptism is. It's a way for you to show, man, look what God's done. That's amazing. And it's a way for you to go public with your faith that was a a private decision. In fact, Jesus has some pretty harsh words. And I want to read this to you, and and I, I want you just to take it in. This is a tough pill to swallow, all right? It says this in Matthew 10. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Listen, Jesus wants you to go public with your faith. That's why this is the second step in this journey, right? There's there's your salvation experience, the baptism into Jesus, into his body. But then there's a separate experience, the water baptism, where we show people what Jesus has done. So we have baptism into Jesus, we have water baptism, and the third thing is what we're gonna kind of camp on for just a second. That's baptism in the Holy Spirit. The third baptism in the Bible. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, Now, remember, the disciples, they received the Holy Spirit when they got saved, but they hadn't been baptized. They had to wait so that that the the Holy Spirit, they could be immersed into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is about to come and just give them a good dunking like we do in the pool, right? In the the feeding trough. That's what he wanted to do. And the best way I can describe it is that when you get saved, your your cup might be full of water and you might have the Holy Spirit. But this is a whole nother game when I put this cup of water into a swimming pool. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's now immersed. It's surrounded. It can't be any fuller, any more empty than it is, right? It's, it's completely immersed. And that's what happens when we are baptized into the, whole, uh, into the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is another experience where He clothes you and He immerses you in His power. Now, when you get saved, you have some of the Holy Spirit in you, but some of you may have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you might be fighting battles and you're struggling and you're hurting and you feel like you're failing a lot of times. Well, it could be because you're not operating in the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you might need to make the decision today to, man, I need, I need the Holy, I need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. I need to be immersed in everything that God has for me. And so I want to show you a place where you can see all three baptisms present in the Bible. All right, Acts chapter eight, starting in verse five, we're going to kind of skip through this story a little bit. And it says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and he proclaimed the Messiah there. So he's preached the gospel. He's like, man, Jesus, he died for you. He came back to life. Yes, I saw him. I know this is, this is insane. And when they believed, y'all say the word believed. All right, that's the first baptism. They believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. And then they were baptized, both men and men and women come on i like that now now this is this is the jesus changed everything by the way and now this is available to men and it's available to women and not only that is they were water baptized they had their they believed That's their first baptism. They believed, they received salvation, and then they were water baptized. And then we're going to skip on to verse 14. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted, had they been baptized into Jesus, the Word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers uh, that that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit hadn't come on them yet. So they've had the salvation baptism. They've been water baptized, but they hadn't been baptized with the Holy Spirit yet. And so uh, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So, in that story, we can see all three baptisms take place. We see a salvation experience, we see water baptism, and we see how they laid their hands on them and they were able to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And so, you might be wondering, why? Like, My word, they're going crazy in there. Y'all need to serve kids. (laughs) So so why are there three baptisms? And I'll tell you why. It's because God didn't want us to get confused. Jesus didn't want to confuse the free gift of salvation. That first baptism is free. You don't have to do anything for it uh, with the others that actually require something of you. Listen, salvation doesn't require anything of you. In fact, you can't save yourself. You can't bring yourself salvation. You can't be a good enough person. You can't give enough. Uh, You can't serve enough. Like God doesn't care about that. He's looking, have you been immersed in my son? Have you been immersed? And so that stands all on the other, uh, all on its own. But, uh, But there are two other experiences that require something of you. These are something that do require some effort from you. They do require you to take a step and to, to do something. And why? It's because the, the other two batches, the salvation baptism is not for earth. It's for you. So you can go to heaven when you die. You can have a relationship with Jesus. But the other two are for you to have power while you're here on earth. And so they serve an earthly purpose so that God can send you to do the things that he's called you to do and the things that he's gifted you to do. You see, God has an assignment for each of us. He has an assignment for each of us. And guess what? You can't complete that assignment in your own power. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why you need the the spiritual gifts that Pastor Steph talked about last week. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why this is important for you to receive the Holy Spirit so that you can accomplish everything that God has for you in your life so that you can make a difference in your life. You can't do it on your own. You you can't, uh, you you don't have the power, you don't have the strength, and you you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to make it happen because that's where you're going to receive power. In fact, it says this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, it says this, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father... The word, John loved to call Jesus the word. So that's Jesus, all right? If you look at the gospel of John in, verse, or in chapter one, he talks, hey, the word became flesh. It dwelt among us. He's talking about Jesus. So uh, there's witnesses in heaven, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So they're, they're the Trinity. This is a, a verse that, that backs up with the, what we believe about the Trinity. And, but then it goes on to say this. And then there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, And the blood, these three agree as one. Those are the three baptisms. They're the three baptisms on earth and they're for people to experience here on earth. And listen, it's baked into you. This need to to do something supernatural, it's baked into you. Uh, I don't don't have to convince you of that, but maybe I can show you how we we, uh, try to uh, receive the supernatural or we try to achieve the supernatural, but just in our own strength. It says this in Ephesians chapter five, it says, don't get drunk on wine. You're going to try to. Get this feeling. You're going to try to do this thing that's out of your control on your own. And, and you might use wine. It might be something else. It might be money. But don't get drunk on those things. Instead, do it God's way. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Use His power. That's the way to do it. And I just want to take a second. We're going to do a series on this because it's just been in my, my spirit lately. Is It's normal to try to do things in your own strength. And I just want to tell you, as Christ followers, we have to fight normal. You are called to be abnormal. You're, you're called to be so much more than normal. Some of us, uh, this is a struggle for me. I just want my kids to be normal. I just want them to be normal. No, I don't. I want my kids to change the world. I don't want a normal marriage. I, I don't want a normal church. I don't want a normal, I don't want to be a normal parent. I don't want to be a normal man of God. No, I want to have supernatural power in my life, and that can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you if you're in here and you're chasing after normal, if you're chasing after the natural, if you're, if you're, if you just have that desire just to be, no, that's not what God's called you to. He's called you to something better. You can be, be weird with, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to be normal. You can be a little weird with the Holy Spirit and you can, you can kick normal to the side and say, I'm going to live a supernatural life. That's what I want in my life. And so he's telling us the only way you can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so how do we do this? How how do we invite the Holy Spirit into our life? How do we immerse ourselves? How do we get baptized into the Holy Spirit? Now I just want to tell you Nothing weird is going to happen today. I think we're afraid. We talk about Holy Spirit and talk about someone getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We're, we're like, oh God, what's going to happen? Whatever happens, happens. Because what God has to give you is good. And it's not going to be strange. It's not strange. It's not going to be turned into this sensational thing. It's not, that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to be filled with power. And you're gonna be filled with strength from the Holy Spirit and His presence. So, how do you do this? First thing is you have to remove all the barriers. Remove all the barriers. In fact, God has more steps on your spiritual journey. He has them for me, he has them for you. But we only get there to the degree that we're willing to remove the things that are in the way. So if you want your spiritual life to get better, remove the barrier. If you want your marriage to get better, remove the barrier. Uh, Like some of you, you God might be calling you to lead a small group and you're like, God, just do it. No, no, no. Remove the barrier. Do it now. Because God has more for you and it's going to require something of you. This baptism requires something of you. Salvation requires nothing from you. But this does. It requires some work. It it, it requires some, some feet on the ground. Remove the barriers. There's more steps for you to take to live a full life in Jesus. And you have to remove the barriers that are keeping you from the Holy Spirit. For me, I had some, doc, uh, like, uh, some doctrinal hangups. I didn't know what I believed. And I had to do some digging and figure out what I believed about the Holy Spirit, what the Bible says. In Acts, it says this. It says, uh, in Acts chapter 2, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, this promise is for you. Listen, that's not, he's not just talking about the people he's talking to. No, that promise is for you and it's for your family it, no matter how far away you are from God, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of salvation, it is for you. It's for you. Remove all the barriers, whatever they are. The second thing is you're just gonna request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, the notes might be wrong. You just ask them. Just say, God, I, I need you right now. God, would you fill me with your spirit? God, I'll take everything that you have. God, would you give me everything that you have right now? And that's a prayer that anybody can pray. But the problem is, is that some of you, you might be asking God and requesting God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. But you're like, God, God, You can come in, but you're going to have to behave yourself, right? And I just want to tell you, that's not being immersed into anything. That's like someone trying to dunk you and you're like holding on to the side of the pool. If you want to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, you have to say, God, if you got it, I want it. Everything. No questions asked. No strings attached, God. I need your spirit now. Would you fill me with your spirit? And that's something that you can do right now. I don't have to lay hands on you. I don't, you don't, no, no, no. You can do that right now. Listen, normal's not enough. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to just ask Him for it. it says this in Luke chapter 11. If you then, though you are evil, He's talking about you and me, by the way, we're, we're messed up people. We're evil. Know how to give, the evil people know how to give good gifts to their children. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Uh, We're evil people. And man, we take care of our kids, don't we? We do everything we can to make sure they have everything they need to be successful. They got food on the table. They got a roof over their heads. They got education that they need. They're they're well-rounded, all that. How much more does God want to give you what you need in your life to be successful? He wants to give it to you. He's just looking for an open heart and someone to trust him. The third thing is this, is we're going to receive him by faith. The key word there is faith. Faith, we're going to receive him by faith. Now I want you, I want to tell you something about God, okay? And I don't even like this about God sometimes. I'm just going to be honest with you. You ready? God is going to call you to do something that requires you to take a leap he just is. And sometimes I don't like that and sometimes I fight that. We we've done that a million times since the journey of this church started moving away from our amazing church, great job to come up here, plant the church through covid, all like we've had to take the leap. All right, I feel like I'm still falling sometimes, right? Like just, as part of your as part of faith. He's going to ask you to take that step where it doesn't make any sense sometimes. And sometimes it feels like, I don't know what's going on. What's going to happen, right? But he's inviting you to take one more step today of faith. You know, there's a passage in Ezekiel where Ezekiel's explaining what the spiritual life is like. And I want you to hear this today. It says this, Ezekiel chapter 47. As the man went eastward with the measuring line, Ezekiel's having a vision, all right? If you grew up in the 70s and uh, you took a few trips, you know what I'm saying? Ezekiel's a good book for you, all right? Because he took some trips, baby. And I don't, they were Holy Spirit induced. This is one of those. Ezekiel was a weird dude, all right? Uh, but this is a great example of what the spiritual journey is like. He says, "As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits—that's just a, a distance—and then he led me through water that was ankle deep. Leave that up there, Sam. He 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 led him through something that was ankle deep. Now, this is where some of you are today, okay? Some of you, you're ankle deep right now, and I just want to tell you, ankle deep's enough." You've been baptized into Jesus, and you don't need to do the other two things. Ankle deep's enough. You're in the spiritual journey, whatever. But there's more. There's more to your journey. And so you've taken a step off to the shore, and you're just a little ankle deep, right? Uh, But there's more. He keeps going. Then he says, he measured off another thousand cubits, and he led me through water that was knee deep. So some of you, you might be here, in fact, in worship today. You've taken the step, you've went ankle deep, and now you're going a little bit further. And now you're a little knee deep, and during worship today, you're like, you know what? I'm going to pop my hand up for just a second, all right? We're singing, boom. That's what you did. That's knee deep right there. <laughs> and if you were good, you may have done the, whew, you may have done the little, little angel wing, whatever, you know. You're, you're going knee deep. But there's more. So he measured off another thousand, and he took me to water, and now it's waist deep. It's waist deep. And so here's where I think some of us are. Water's up to your waist. But in this, you still have control. You can still touch the ground. You still can kind of balance yourself a little bit. You're, you're right here. And you still have this element of control because you're afraid to let go. But it's up to you. You're like, okay. I'm in this journey, but I'm just, I don't, I need to let go, and I just, I don't know. Like, it looks crazy out there. It looks like I'm gonna get swept away, but like, I just, I like it here. I feel comfortable here. But God might be calling you today to take that step. It goes on, it says this. Give you get that next slide for me? And he measured off another thousand, but it was a river that I could not even cross. Because the water had risen and it was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could touch or no one could cross. So, man, he's saying out there. And actually, the Bible says that in that place is where life was. That place is where stuff was happening in the river. And in that place is where the things of God are. And some of you, man, you've taken the step, you're ankle deep, you're knee deep, you're waist deep. But what God really wants for you is you to go out there where you can't touch and all you have is trust and faith in him. And that's where the Holy Spirit wants to take you today. He wants to take you to a place where you have complete trust. You have complete faith in him and go, you know what? Even though I can't touch I'm going to trust you because I know that's where the good stuff is out there. That's where the stuff I need, it's out there. And that's what it means to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, is to get out to that point where, guess what? The Holy Spirit's controlling you. You aren't controlling you. It's like the song Ocean. Do you remember that song? Take me deeper where my trust is without borders. A lot of us sung that song. We don't mean it. But today I want to ask you, mean it. God, take me there. That's where I want to be. That's where God's power is. That's where God can do supernatural things. That's where God can change your marriage. That's where God can make you closer to him than you've ever been. That's where God does the stuff that God does is out in the deep. And all I'm asking you for for today is to maybe take that step of faith. Well, Clint, it's hard to let, what if this, well, I, I don't know the answer. That's why it's called faith. I don't know what's gonna happen to you. I know it's gonna be good. You know how I know that? Because every good gift comes from God. If he's given it to you, it's good. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? Listen, if he's got it for you, man, you should want, if he got it for me, I want it because I know it's good. And so I want to get out where my feet can't touch. And you might feel like, what in the world's happening to me? But it's a good thing that's happening to you. I remember I would go to the, I remember the wave pool by Opryland. Y'all, anybody go there growing up? Some of the locals in here. I've almost died in that pool so many times. (laughs) Why? Because when those waves would start, I'd be hanging on to the side of that pool for dear life. And it would end and I would, I would legit think I'm drowning. Like when this is, I'm, this is it, you know, and it would end and I would look at my brother and be like, that was fun, wasn't it? Right? Yeah. Let's do it again. I mean, you would have never taken me there, dad, if you had known my word. And so I, thats but that's what the Holy Spirit's like. He's he's gonna take you to some waters that are deep. And it might feel like at times, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but God, I'm gonna trust. And you'll see that living that life is fun. Living that life is what God's called you to. And whenever you get there and you see what God can do through you and through his power, you'll never go back. You'll never go back. In fact, it says in Hebrews 11 without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Why is, why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because if you don't have faith in God, you don't trust Him. Faith and trust go together. And so when we don't have faith, it shows we don't trust. But when we have faith, we're demonstrating our trust. We say, God, I know that I can't do this. I know I can't see around this corner. God, I don't know what's in that deep water, but you know what? I'm gonna trust you. Trust is proof of faith. And so I'm gonna trust you. And I'm gonna ask you, would you just trust God today? Would you let him just take you a little deeper? Would you let him just sweep you off your feet a little bit and see what happens? The last thing is we wanna relate to him daily. When you have have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you're able to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and with God, with Jesus, and every day you can tap into that power. Every day you can go, man, God, I need you today. I'm so grateful for you today. Would you fill me today, God? Help me make the decisions you want me to make. Help me be the dad that you want me to be. Help me be the pastor you want me to be, God. Would you help me encourage someone supernaturally today? God, would you just show me right now? And you begin to relate to people. You begin to relate to him daily. That's what happens when you're in a relationship with someone. Every day, Steph and I talk. Why? Because we have a relationship. I love her. I don't want to live without her. I want to to hang out at night. I want want to watch a documentary. We watched a documentary last night. It was crazy. But but why? Because I want to do that together. Man, you get to do life together with the God of the universe. You get to relate to him daily. And, you know, I just want to pray this verse, this next verse over you today as we wrap up. And it says this, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. I mean that. Man, I want you to have the grace of Jesus, the extravagant love of God, and the friendship of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want for you. As your pastor, that's the only thing I want from you. Because I know that can change your life. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to just take a second and have a time of response today. You know, some people in here, you may have never gone through that first baptism that we talked about, the baptism of salvation. And you've never received Jesus as your savior. And like I said, this one requires nothing of you. You can't earn it. You can't. you you, like it's a free gift given to you. And God wants to give that to you right now. And so if you're in here and you want to receive Jesus today for the first time, ask him into your life, make him the Lord of your life on the count of three. I just want to ask you to raise your hand and I want to help pray with you today. All right, one, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on right now. All right, you can put them down. If that's you, you can pray this privately. Say, God, I invite you in. God, I need you. Thank you for this free gift. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for coming back to life. And I invite you into my life and make you the Lord. And I'll live for you the best I can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. We're done in a few minutes, okay? Some of you are living life. You've been saved. You may have been baptized, water baptized. But man, you've never received the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you to do that today. And so today, if you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, I just want to ask you just to lift your hand in this place. Come on, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. There we go. Lift them up. Lift them up. You want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Come on, lift them up. And while your hand's in the air, I want you just to open your hands like this. It's like you're trying to receive something. And I want you just to ask God, say, God, if you have it, I want it. No questions asked. And just invite his spirit into your life and you'll get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, I pray as you're doing work right now in people's lives, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and it would fill up these people that wanna receive it today, God. I pray for your power. I pray for your gifts in Jesus' name. I pray that they would be right now being immersed in your Holy Spirit so that they can walk in victory, they can walk in power. Uh, God, they can walk with intimacy with you. And so God, I pray that you would begin to fill them right now with the Holy Spirit, God. Immerse them. So that they can live with power in their life, God. And I pray that you would begin to show them what their spiritual gifts are so that they can make a difference, God. I pray that they would walk out of here with their heads held high, with boldness, God, for what you've done for them. And so, God, I pray that they understand that they have a helper with them now. They have a, a person living inside of them now that will help them in any area of their life, God. So I pray right now that that spirit begins to work and reveal things to them that they need, uh, that need they need help in God. We love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Come on, somebody give God a hand in this place. Woo.